0: Our God for his grace, his love, his mercy towards us. As we gather together to worship him, we want to worship in fellowship in unity and in spirit. And may we greet and bless one another as we prepare to worship our God together. And now we know we want to do a little something like this. Jesus
1: One in the body of Christ, so easy. Oh, so easy. Oh, so Jesus in me. Jesus 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 We're all one in the body of Christ. So he came, we're all one in the body of Christ. So he came, we're so into love, one more time in the Jesus in me. That's the Jesus in you, that's the Jesus in me. We're all one in the body of Christ. It's so easy. We're all one in the body of Christ. It's so easy.
2: Church. Amen. The scripture reading will come from Psalm 46. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Psalm 46. Amen. And it reads, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. Yes, sir. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble until the sea that the oceans roar and foam, that the mountains tremble as the water surge. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos, and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders, and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's army is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Come see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Amen.
0: His name, the name above all names, for every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. Lord be the God. Let us turn to our awesome act of sin. God, we thank you that you are exalted, that you are mighty and powerful, that you are a present help in a time of trouble, that you are always looking after your children. We thank you, Lord, that your ears are not too dull, that you cannot hear. No, your arm is not short, that you cannot reach. Uh, But you are mighty in salvation power. You are able to deliver us, redeem us, and thank you, Lord, you're able to keep us. And so, Lord, as we prepare to hear a word from you, may we be reminded that, God, you will never leave us nor forsake us. That you are our great provider. You are our redeemer, you are our protector, you are our rock, you are our refuge, you are our shield. So in preaching and teaching, Lord, of your word, we pray that we might see Jesus and we'll have your word hidden in our heart that we might not sin against you and that we walk, Lord, enlightened, transformed and encouraged to do your will for your glory and for your honor, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 As we continue on walking through this book of Jonah for this year, uh, our, our scripture reader for this morning came from Psalm 46 to kind of remind us that God is a present help in a time of trouble. It's good news to know that no matter what we're going through, hallelujah, our God can pull us through. That we're not left alone, but we have coverage. And so I want to talk about today about it's a good time to remember the Lord. And if you ask yourself, when is a good time, the answer should always be now. It's always a good time to remember the Lord. But the times that I want to encourage us, in times of trouble, uh, in times of peril, in times that we're going through hardships in our lives, that we don't forget that our God is still able to bring us through. Even though some problems we may be facing are bigger and, and larger than what we can handle, Let us remember that nothing's too big for our God. In times that we realize that we have limited resources and we're not able to cover the things that are before us, but let us remember that our God owns a capital on a thousand years. The world and the fullness thereof belongs to him. And when you think about the fullness thereof, the diamond, the gold, (laughs) all that belongs to him. And so we know that our God can provide for us. And at times when you look like you got, a, you got a, a dead end before you and you look like the doors are closed before you. Can you remember the God that saw a sea before the children of Israel, an army behind the children of Israel, mountains surrounding the children of Israel, but yet he made a way out of nowhere. Remember the God that was able to have the wind blow and the water split and they walk on dry land. I said dry land. I know we're dealing with snow right now, and many of you have suffered off the snow, but yet there's still some remnants behind. But when God, come up, I ask you more, with when God makes something, hallelujah, he makes it perfect, he makes it good, he makes it straight. And so it's a good time to remember the Lord. So I'm encouraging you that if you remember him every day, that in those times of harshness, in those times of pain, it won't be so hard for you to remember him. Think about the things you remember in your life. Some of you remember your first phone number. You don't have that phone number anymore, but you still remember that first phone number. You, you might you might remember your first grade teacher because the first day you went to school, that's the first one that made impression. Or you might remember your first day going to high school, first day on your job, right? And I'm going to highlight: we remember a lot of first. We may forget a lot of other stuff, but the one that made the big impression. Well, can you remember the first time God stepped in your life? <laughs> Can you remember the joy of your salvation? Can you remember how good it was when you remember how God has been good to you and His grace and mercy has never failed? Well, if you remember that each and every day of your life, when it gets hard in your life, it's easy for you to fall back and remember, but if God you brought me this far. Yeah, as the song says, I've no ways tired. I've come too far from where I started from. And so now... Let me turn it on the other side, that sometimes we cause our own storms. We cause our own problems. Uh, some of us have been just like Jonah. We had clear instructions of where we should be, but we clearly went where we wanted to be. Uh, we, we did not go in the right direction. We went in the wrong direction. The direction said, turn right, we took left. And we left everything behind. But yet, our God, hallelujah, has not left us nor forsaken us. Thank you. And so, as we look in our text today, y'all with me there? In the Old Testament book of Jonah, Jonah has run from God and into a storm. Uh, this storm is so violent that he tells the sailors to throw him overboard. Lord have mercy. However, the sailors feared God and did not want to be held accountable for Jonah's sin and bad decisions. Y'all don't hear me? And they prayed to God forgive them from tossing Jonah overboard. Jonah is experiencing these hard times in his life because he was running from God. The text tells us that he said he tried to leave God's presence. So we see now what happens to Jonah after he is thrown from the boat and into the troubled waters. But yet on the other side on the boat it says the storm ceased when it hit the water. And they start praising God and sacrificing God. But what happens to Jonah? I'm glad you asked asking the right question. What our Bible tells us. Are y'all with me there? i are gonna start at the seventeenth chapter of the first verse. I'm sorry, of the uh, I'm sorry, the seventeenth verse of the first chapter. It says, Now the Lord had a arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from inside the fish. Now, I want to highlight there before I go on. It says, then Jonah prayed to the Lord. The the, the captain asked him to pray on the boat. We don't have commentary that he prayed on the boat. But now he's in the belly of the fish. We have commentary that he prayed to the Lord. Y'all don't hear me when he was doing what he wanted to do he didn't want to talk to God now he's in a place he don't want to be y'all, y'all, y'all with me now? he's talking to God he said I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble and he answered me I called to you from the land of the dead and Lord you heard me you threw me into the ocean depths and I sank down to the heart of the sea the mighty waters engulfed me I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves then I said oh Lord you have driven me from your presence, yet I will look once more towards your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves, and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth, whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O oh Lord, my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, I remember the Lord. And my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies. But I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise. And I will fulfill all my vows. For my salvation comes from the Lord alone. The Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. I want to encourage us to turn to the Lord. And know he's able to deliver you even from yourself. <laughs> Jonah pointed out salvation is from the Lord and the Lord alone. It's amazing how Jonah remembered God once he was in the belly of the fish. Think about when you are putting down a, a, a contact in case of an emergency. Who do you put down and why? When filling out your children, uh, who would you write? Uh, who Would you rather to come to them and help them out? Who do you put down? You put yourself and someone else you trust. What I want to highlight here is that in our time of trouble, in case of an emergency, we turn to the people we trust. Here it is. Jonah now, in the case of emergency, he turns to who he trusts. Think about it for a moment. He didn't trust God when God told him to go to Nineveh. He didn't trust God when he told him to go preach this message. But now he's in trouble. He turns back to God. And say, God, remember me? Mm. See, our God, hallelujah, is consistent even when we're not. Our our relationships with people in, in, in reality, right, change in circumstances. A friend that you used to have down as emergency contact, once you became, you guys had an unfriendly relationship and you broke up and had some issues. Now all of a sudden you've taken them up all the requests, right? You blocked them, you unfollowed them, you unsubscribe them. But here it is that God did not block Jonah. He did not unfollow Jonah. But yet he was there still able to help Jonah get on the right path. It's always a good time to remember our God because he never forgets us. And so here it is that I want you to think about how we have a relationship with God, our Father, and he is always working to improve our relationship. But are we working the same way to improve our relationship with him? Think about what you know about God and how you come to know him. I, I, I know relationships with people happens this way, right? You learn how giving somebody is when they buy your lunch. Like, oh, that's a given person. Every time I go out, they're paying for my lunch. I'm reaching for the ticket, but they already grabbed it, right? You learn from some people that way, right? That person's always giving. Or somebody's always sending you a birthday card. This person never forgets my birthday. Every time I got a call, right on time from this person to wish me a happy birthday. Every child event, my, my this this relative of mine is always showing up for my child's graduation, my child's birthday, my, my child, whatever they're going through, they show up. And are always support. This person is always present when I need them. Y'all, y'all hear what I'm saying, right? Relationships teach us about who people are. What I want to highlight here is that in our relationship with God, we start learning who he is. Man, God, you are forgiven because I know I've messed up. But you keep on forgiving me. God, you are gracious because I know I don't deserve this, but you've been blessing me. You've been covering me. And so we're finding out here that Jonah's understanding that, God, I've ran from you. I've not done what you called me to do, but yet you hear Mm. Here's another thing that we find out in this text That God is in control God made the storm happen Jonah is going in the wrong way So God gave Jonah free will But he let her know that I'm going to put some obstacles in front of you Hoping that you will learn the error of your ways And turn back around Anybody ever go bowling And you take kids out bowling You can put up the bumpers up to help them to do both a little bit of a better game. So they say like, but, but those who are no better rights, so you, you get no bumpers. You know, if you go in the gut, that's your fault. Right? So the, a kid can throw a better game than a dog because the ball never went in the gut. Here it is that our God helps us out when we don't know better. <laughs> and he put some guards or some bumpers so that we got to bump off and hit off, but he's going to help get us get to our destination. Y'all don't hear me. And so it is that God had to put up a storm and notice about when the storm came in that first chapter, they tried to get back to land, but they're like, nah, you're not making it, son. That's that's, that's what happened. The only way Jonah was able to get out the storm had he had to get thrown into the water. And once he was thrown into the water, the Bible tells that God provided a fish. Tell you that God is in control. You see, God made the storm come, he made the boat rock, he made the waves flash, but then when they threw him overboard, the storm ceased for the sailors, but yet trials and troubles were not over for Jonah, because Jonah still had not gotten right where he needs to be. So God provided a fish. Now, I'm gonna highlight here, you're not gonna hear me talk about what kind of fish this was and how he survived and the belly, because the text doesn't tell us that. Because that's not what's important what's important is that he wrote this song thanking God for his salvation what's important is that God provided a fish just as he controls the storm let us understand that Jesus can speak and the waves and the wind obey his command also highlighting us that the Son of God is equal with the God the father and God the son because they are one our text shows us here and so Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. I want to highlight here why that is mentioned. Because they believe that in three days and three nights is the time frame basically the, a, a way to say death has taken place. We say we use the word as someone was six feet under. We don't say they're dead, but we when you say six feet under, you know what that means. It means they're dead and birth is over. Life is done. That's a wrap. And so here it is. Jonah is saying, "I'm three feet. I'm, I'm three days and three nights in. It's I'm over. It's a wrap. I am in death." But yet we find out God rescued him from the snatches of death. And so here this is that we see about why we do this again. Remember, Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh because God is gracious. God is merciful. He's slow to get angry and abounding in love. Jonah knows this about how good God, remember saying, when we have a relationship with God, we learn about our God. And so in this relationship, he learns that, man, God, I have I willingly rebelled against you, but yet you still delivered me. So we learn about God when we go through hardships in our lives, when we through our good days and our not so good days. We learn about the consistency and the faithfulness of our God. And, and one thing i like to highlight in, in Exodus 34, verses 6 through 7. When Israel was rebellious against God, Moses broke the Ten Commandments, has to go back up to the mountain, but yet Moses understands, God, I want to make sure you don't destroy us. (laughs) And so for me to know that we're still in good standing, I want to see your face. Moses does not understand what God's going to express to him, Let him know that, Moses, you can't see my face and live. But to show you that I will not destroy you, I will let you be in my presence. And Exodus 34, 6 and 7 has what God declared as he passed before Moses. The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy, I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I do not excuse the guilt. I lay the sins of the parents upon the children and grandchildren, the entire family, is affected Even children in the third and fourth generation. I want to highlight here that God is full of love, grace, and mercy, but also he's a God of justice. Which means that this mercy is not a, uh, just something to take for granted, that you could have got just before, but you might have experienced his mercy. Micah 7, 18 and 20 says, where is another God like you who pardons the guilt of the remnant, overlooking the sins of his special people? You will not stay angry with your people forever because you delight in sowing unfailing love. Once again, you will have compassion on us. You will, you will trample our sins under your feet and throw them into the depths of the ocean. You will show us your faithfulness and unfailing love as you promised to our ancestors, Abraham and Jacob, long ago. I'm going to quote that because I believe Jonah could be meditating on that, remembering about, man, God, you are gracious. Man, God, you are precious. That's why in verse 2 of the second chapter of John, he said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. You he threw me into the ocean depths, and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. Then I said, O Lord, you have driven me from your presence, yet I will look once more towards your holy temple. Jonah's trouble moves him to pray. What has moved you to pray? Have you been in time of trouble, time of conflict, that you started calling somebody to say, I need you to pray for me? <laughs> I'm calling all pray warriors, right? You said, how many times have you seen somebody on Facebook that sent up a message because someone's in the hospital? Hey, I need you to pray for me. In times of trouble, who do you turn to? What well, we learn about Jonah's prayer, that he knows that God is gracious towards him. He understands that he does not deserve God to listen to him because he did not listen to God. But yet he realized that, God, you're full of grace. We also realize about no matter what you're going through, what you're, how, how much you feel distant from God. You feel far from God. God is always present. Think about that for a moment. You feel far away from God. But Psalm 46 says, God's our present help in the time of trouble. He is our refuge. He is our strength to help you out. Basically, our God is sort of like how you see mobile coverage trying to encourage you about how you want to trust them, because they got good coverage. They're basically saying that you will be never without a signal. You will always will be able to use your phone. But yet we know that's not true. Because <laughs> we all been places where they say they had coverage, but yet, you got coverage. I don't got coverage. You got coverage, you got, coverage, you got a space. <laughs> That we have coverage. And so, what I want to highlight here is that God has always got you covered. Mm. He is able to save you, He is not limited by barriers or situations. Jonah thought he could lead God's presence, and so we talk about how when we get angry, we say stuff and do something that don't make sense. And so Jonah was so angry, he said something that did not make sense. But when he came to his senses, he says, God, I know you can hear me from this grave. Because <laughs> I'm about to die, Lord, but yet. I'm going to thank you, hallelujah, for saving me, for delivering me. When we are overwhelmed, when it's too hard and too heavy, we go to the God that is too big and too strong that can lift up our heavy weights. God is even able to hear us from the grave. What can separate us from God? Jonah knew he was wrong. He highlights it says that I was expelled or driven from your sight, basically death. Means to be absent from God. Death means to be separated from God. Death means I'm no longer in His presence. But notice, Jonah says, "I look towards your temple. I, I look to where you dwell, Lord. I want to be in your presence." Better is a day in the, in the court of in the gate, being an usher by the God's gate in His temple, than a thousand elsewhere. Better is this one day. Psalms 22 and 3 talks about how we can worship God. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. It says how God inhabits the praises of His children, and they they specifically came to the place of worship because that's where they knew God will meet them. How we want to come before our God in His presence. Psalms 27:13 says, "Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I'm here in the land of the living." Let me highlight what He's pointing out here. I can't worship Him when I'm dead. When I'm out of His presence, I won't be able to worship. Him. But now that I am in the land of the living, while I still have a wind still in my lungs, while warm blood is still coursing through my veins, I will shout, I will worship, I will bless Him, for He is good. And so He says, to "The Lord, I, I messed up. I, I was driven from Your presence, but yet nothing's too big for our God. His grace is sufficient." And he understands that how he was in the, in the waves, right? He was drowning. That, that, that is kind of significant in the aspect of that how oftentimes when we are off the beaten path, when we're not doing what we should be doing, we become overwhelmed. We start drowning. We are overwhelmed with stress, overwhelmed with pressure. This thing is just so overwhelming for us. We just don't know how we're going to make it, looking for a way out. And, and yet notice here how the way out is not oftentimes what we think is going to be the way out. The the way out was not a boat came by. The way out was not all of a sudden he showed up on dry land. The way out that he went into the belly of a fish. Mm. Think about what is salvation. Salvation is basically being rescued at the moment you need it most. We see here that Jonah learns about God's amazing grace as he was cast overboard into the rough waters. And he's expressing in this psalm that while he was in the water, he was wrestling and fighting and, and, and dealing with the water and overwhelm of the ways and the violence. And then all of a sudden he's in the belt of the fish. Jonah and his hardship and facing death because of his disobedience, because of his rebelliousness. He is now realizing that God's grace is more than enough. He was at the bottom in the depths. One thing people say that when you're on the, when you're on rock bottom right, one thing you can do because you can always look up. He was in the belly of the shield and he's looking up. Jonah was thought to be gone and unable to worship God anymore, but yet he looked to God, and he was able to look towards the holy temple and he cries out to God, and God's love towards him showed him that he was not rejected, he was not forsaken, but yet he was delivered. Think of how God has saved you and given you another chance. How God has blessed you that you have escaped away from the clutches of death. Death again is separation from God but now we're living in this time that we're seeing so much death around us. And I want to highlight here I'm not talking about a physical death but a spiritual death. Jesus is going to come back again. In Revelation it says that when he threw the the, the dragon and those whose names are not in the Lamb's Book of Life, they were thrown in with death. And then the text says that's the second death. I don't know about you, but I'm only dying once. Because Jesus says, I am the life and the resurrection. No man believe me, though he died, yet he shall live. So when we know Christ, we're going to know this physical death, but we won't know spiritual death. Mm, 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 mm. and so here it is that I want to understand that I want to focus my life on following after him we don't want to turn and run into trouble, run into problems because we rebel against God we run from God but Jonah realized that God has not given up on him and God has caused the storm to lead him to go into the waters into the belly of the fish and God delivered him from the fish we know we know in this text that this psalm is written in retrospect. This psalm is written basically saying, Lord, you delivered me. You saved me. And here's a beautiful thing that Jonah didn't say, I'm sorry. I'm so glad that our God can deal with us even in our crowd. But we don't want to admit that we were wrong. But we acknowledge that, God, you are good. <laughs> That, that, God works with us even when we are still hardened in our hearts. Hallelujah. That He is still working in us. I'm gonna talk with somebody. Here. That God understands that it, you may take time to change, but I'm gonna take the time to help you to change. Thank you, Jesus. So Jonah found hope by being delivered by God. What are you grateful for? that God has done in your life? what do you appreciate that God has done for you even though you don't deserve it? You have not even probably thanked him for what he's done in your life, but now you got the opportunity to thank him. Know that he can deliver you from the deep, from death. Whatever the trouble, the trial you're dealing with, know that God can deliver you. Think about the, the verbiage here that he says in, in verse 6 of chapter 2. says, I sank down to the very roots of the mountains, I was imprisoned in the earth, whose gates locked shut forever, but you, O oh Lord, my God, snatch me from the jaws of the... I, that's so beautiful imagery, because if you ever gone to the uh, 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 scuba diving or diving, and you go under, you just look like I do, because I haven't done any of that, but National Geographic, see the water right? you can see the mountains <laughs> that go up, that make the islands, that make the land, you can see he was deep down, y'all. He was like, ain't no way I'm going to get out of here. This is it. It's a wrap. But God snatched him. Mm. See, he knows that, God, you are merciful. And that only you, God, were mighty to save him. When, when nobody else around, there was nobody else able to help him. And now I want to highlight another aspect about the South Because not only was Jonah saved from drowning by the belly of the fish. Joan is not finally saved. He's still in the belly of the fish. What I want to highlight here is that God's salvation in our life is a process. He saves us when we confess Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, but he's not done. Then he's involved in our journey for us to change the way we walk, to change the way we talk, that we grow and mature and be more like him. And so we should be able to say, today I am better than I was yesterday. That, that I've grown closer and I'm getting closer to my destination. And, and here's the other thing, too. While he's in the belly of this fish, I don't know, but I can suspect, suggest that, that while he's traveling, that fish is moving in the direction where he's going to put Jonah. But yet Jonah does not know where he's going. But he knows, I'm in the belly of this fish. But your God's God in the process of redeeming him. Now, here's a beautiful thing like this about the process of salvation. is this that it's not a pretty situation. Uh, we, we live in a time now that everybody tells you that you should not have no trouble. You should be healthy and wealthy. And, and God is so good that you should just name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. And if you don't do it, then you're not good enough. That's a lie. What I want to highlight here is that Job was rich, y'all. And he lost everything that he had. So it can't be because you rich God's because It's just good to you. No, 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 no. God blesses how he blesses. You think that's not good enough? Well, Jesus, he wasn't rich. He was poor. Matter of fact, they look down upon him. Don't we know him? We know his, his, his brother, his father, his sister. That's the carpenter's son. Who he going to tell us? Can anything good come from Nazareth? So you see, man looks at perspective, man, and titles, and, and honoring, but yet Jesus came, who is the king of all, came humble as a servant of all. So I want to encourage you to understand that don't get caught up about your status as if that measures how much God loves you. See, God's love cannot be measured by riches and gold. His love was already set an example that he died for you, so that you might have life and life more abundantly. And so in our salvation process, it means that how do I continue to grow and learn to submit my life to him and humble myself before him? How can I be like a rich young ruler, be able to sell everything and follow after him? How can I be like the one that said, leave my mama and my daddy and follow after him? That's why Peter came and said, Lord, we left everything to follow after you. He says, "Oh, great is your reward in heaven. Then here on or get don't get caught up with what the earth can give you, because what the earth will give you is nothing. Because this is going to be destroyed. But what God gives you is eternal. And so let us not get caught up of that we want quick fixes and we want instant solutions. But where we realize that nothing separates from the love of God. Rather than go through trials and tribulations, may we bless and may we grow and, and, and improve our character and our conduct. When we look in our, many of our Bible characters and their heroes, many of them had what we call wilderness experiences. Yes, wilderness experiences means that it's a time of trial, oftentimes a trial in times of preparation. But yet, not many of them had a belly of the fist situation. But Jesus says that I'm going to be like Jonah. I will be buried for three days, but on the third day I'm going to rise again. So even Jesus lets us know from Jonah's situation that salvation is a process. That sometimes you got to go through some things in order to become what God wants you to be. Jonah said, verse 7, chapter 2, as my life was slipping away, I remember the Lord. And my earnest prayer went out. To your holy temple. Did then I think it was a good time. To remember the Lord. As my life was slipping away. I remembered the Lord. We have rebelled. And did our thing. And caused problems and issues. In our lives. But yet even in our midst of our troubles. In the midst of our trials. In the midst of what we're going through. In our perilous situation. We can still call on to God. Who is our refuge. And our strength. And our present health in the time of trouble. Remember to thank God for always being available. We know the benefit of having good connections in times of need. Don't have to worry about do I got five bars if my signal strong because our connection with God is always strong. Because he can sleep and hear beyond our understanding. Faith is our God even when we are not as faithful as we should be. We find out about how God's love covers a multitude of sins. God's love is continuous. And that's why the psalmist continues on in verses 8 and 9 to the second chapter about the faithfulness of our God. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies. But I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise. And I will fulfill all my vows for my salvation comes from the Lord Those who worship false gods turn their backs on God's mercy. Let us not take for granted God's grace and his mercy. In the New Testament it goes on to say that you reap what you sow. God will not be mocked. And so you're going to sow incorruption, you're going to reap incorruption. But those who sow in the spirit are going to reap eternal life. So be careful about how we try to take advantage of God's grace. Because God is gracious. He is merciful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But let us not be running up and just taking advantage and say, well, I'm going to do this, then I'm going to ask for forgiveness later. You might be like that rich young fool. Really? You fool. This day you die. Now we're going to have all your stuff? Don't get caught up and be a young fool and die, and you didn't get a chance. So while the time is right, remember the Lord. Remember that he is merciful. Remember that he's slow to get angry. He's abounding in love. Remember that the Lord loves you unconditionally. Remember there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do that is going to make God not love you. Because he loves you already. Before you did anything, before you even knew your name, he loves you. So turn away from what is drawing you away from God. Turn away, turn back to God and turn away from the things that are calling you and make you feel good about yourself, but yet you still feel empty inside. Turn to the one that can fill you up from the inside out. That's why Jonah says, "But I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise that I will give you all of me because you are my Lord. You are my rock. you are my redeemer. Jonah is speaking about thanking God for delivering him. I want you to take a moment now to think about how God has delivered you. But if you need some remembrance about how God is good, just think about how he blessed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and got them out of fire in front of We talked about the children of Israel, how they walked through the rest here on dry land. You can think about how God has given us a rain, to remind us it will never flood the earth again. We can think about things that God has done to remind us how good he is. How they marked around the walls of Jericho and they shout and the walls came tumbling down. Think about how God has delivered people in the past and he did it for you and guess what? He can do it. again. <laughs> so cry to him. Remembering his faithfulness. Remembering his love. His grace. His mercy towards you. And know what we weeping comes, you know, and but joy comes in the morning. God can turn our mourning into gladness. He can take our rags of, of, of shame and give us clothes of gladness. Oh, taste and see how good the Lord is. And then you'll see the Lord will put you where he wants you to be. We're gonna continue on to that when he gets back on dry land. But yeah, we know the song right here, how he saved me from from seeking deep in sin, right? Far off from the desperate sword, but my master heard my despair cry. And now what, we are standing on ground, right? On solid rock, right? And so on Christ's solid rock, right? We we standing on stable. So when we're sinking or we're drowning, we can call the one that can get us out of that condition and place us firm on solid foundation. So don't forget them, but remember, it's always a good time to remember the Lord. Let us pray. God, we are grateful that you are forever faithful. And there's times in our lives, the Lord, that we have ran, we have gone the wrong direction, we have been rebellious, we've been disobedient. And Father, Lord, your grace, your mercy has still been there to be with us. We thank you, Lord, for how amazing your grace is, how great is your mercy towards us, and how your love never fails. And Lord, there might be someone who just feels like they're so far from you. We thank you, Lord, that they can just call on your name right now. For all who call them in, Lord, shall be saved. But I pray that they can confess with their mouth and believe in their hearts. Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins. And Lord, I pray that they can believe that he is exalted to seated at the right hand of the Father and Lord, I pray that they surrender to you right now. And then, God, we pray that they will find a Bible believer, and preaching, and teaching church, help them to disciple and grow uh, so they can be the mighty children of God who call us to be. Father, continue to bless us and keep us. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for those joining us online. Amen. And thank you for joining us here to worship and prepare now to. Uh, conclude our online service. for are here to give God his tithes and our offering. Uh, you're welcome, those who want to contribute uh, to this ministry. You can do so online at our website, www.zionbcpeoria.com. You can download our app and be able to text to give as well. Thank you. God bless you. May it keep you. Until we meet again, God bless.